Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm very excited to have with me today Darnell Lamont Walker. He is a filmmaker, explorer, and Emmy-nominated television writer whose goal is to continue to support communities around the world through the building of safe spaces for healing and joy. Welcome, Darnell. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So the the way I was introduced to Darnell's work was actually through an article that I read on HuffPost about Black deaf doulas. And I thought it was such a cool article. And I thought this would be a really interesting person to have on the podcast. Um, So before we get into that and what even a deaf doula is, um, Darnell, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to do the work that you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like you, you said a lot. Uh, I, I work in children's television now, which is pretty interesting. Um, writing podcast, any any kids media things. Um, got into that uh, from filmmaking uh, and, and always wanting to be a writer since I was a kid telling stories and uh, about just about everything. I mean, keep keeping a tight grip on my imagination throughout all these years that uh, kind of paid off. Um, I'm from Charlottesville, Virginia, and that's where I got started in this whole thing. I was a kid, you know, um, I was about nine when I realized that death was easier for me than most people, um, like being around it and talking about it and, and just uh, dealing with it. Uh, you know, and um, then I was 12 when I had a cousin who came home to die. Uh, he um, had AIDS at the time and a lot of families, you know, weren't so educated on the topic and um, a lot of folks just didn't want to be around. But my grandmother opened her home to him and um, me and her would sit there and talk to him and, you know, uh, just hold this space for him. Uh, and not knowing, you know, what I was doing. It was just, I was just there watching TV and talking and laughing and eating and whatever. Um, and then years later, time goes on and, and it happens again for other family members, you know, my granddad, my grandma, some friends, uh, cousins, um, and strangers. I, I volunteered at the hospice when I was 13. And, but again, still, this is just what felt natural to me. And uh, it wasn't until about 2015 um, when someone introduced me to the term death doula. They were like, oh, it sounds like you're a death doula after I was sharing these experiences with uh, with her. And she's, and I'm like, huh, I've never heard of that. Let me look this up. And I look it up and I'm like, oh, this is everything that I've been doing for so many people since I was 12. Um, and it, it kind of, I, I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn um and really lean into it uh you know although i had been doing just about everything um in terms of holding the space emotionally and physically and um spiritually i wanted to know you know what else could i do what 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 didn't i know um and it was more so the 
um, the logistics of, of dying, you know, uh, how can we, you know, prepare ourselves, prepare our families for our death and, um, how can we get these things in order? And so, yeah, it's been, it's been almost 30 years, uh, that I've been working in this, in this space. And it's, it's so strange because it's like, oh, wow. And, but it made me realize that so many of us have been doing this thing. Like, you know, I, I finally accepted the term maybe just about two years ago. I was like, oh, well, I, I was finally calling myself that, but so many of us have been doing this work for years. You know, this article came out uh, that you're talking about in uh, Huff Post, And then about a week later, another, an essay came out, um, in the LA Times. Um, and so I got so many calls and so many emails of people saying, I, I did this for my uncle. I didn't know that there was a term for this. So I did this for my mom or, you know, for whoever. And it's like, yeah, we a lot of us have been doing it and we just had no idea. So I'm glad it's finally coming to light and uh, people are finding their way and realizing what this thing is um, and that we could really lean into it and uh, and really be there for people when they die. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure of the origins of the term, but I know that um, they also refer to birth doulas, which mm -hmm. is essentially a midwife, mm -hmm. right? Somebody who assists the woman who's giving birth through mm -hmm. the process, but even like before, like preparing her for Absolutely. giving birth, right? It's not just, I'm going to show up at the hospital and boom, out. I mean, some, I think that's how we've been doing it out here, especially in the West for a long time. Um, but to really like help a woman prepare herself and educate her and like teach her about yeah. like not just the birthing process, but then when now you have a now you have a baby, now what? What do you do with it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, and and even on this side, like uh, you know, I have I have many friends. I probably I can count 10 off the top of my head who are uh birth doulas. Um and, you know, they, even they, they were like, you know, well, what's a death doula? And I was like, well, you know, in, in short, you bring them in, <laughs> I right. help take them out, you know? Yeah. And, um, but even on this side, there, there are um, so many terms that people use. Like I call myself a death doula, but, you know, there are death midwives um, yeah. and who essentially help prepare for the, for the end, for the death, um, just as the birth doulas or birth midwives help prepare for the coming end of life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really love that too, because to me, it's like circle of life. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, how do I put it? Like a warm welcome in and a warm welcome out, you know? Yeah. And, and so many of us see death as such a horrible thing. You know, we have this very negative connotation of it um, in our culture, at least in the United States and in the West, maybe not so much in Mexico and some of the, you know, Latin American countries, but I think our perspective of death is a little bit different than some other cultures. Can you speak to that? Yeah, it, you know, it's it's a strange thing. Like uh, this is here, it's, it's, there's this huge culture of people who just don't want to talk about it. Um, where Whereas there are other cultures that celebrate it, you know, celebrate death. They are uh, very open about it. There are traditions and rituals around it uh, for the dying. Um, there, you know, even some who look forward to it, it's like, oh, this is that next great thing that's going to happen to me. Where yeah. here, it's like, yeah, let's not let's not talk about that thing yet, because mm -hmm. uh, if I talk about it, it's going to happen, you know. Or, um, but I think a large part of that is that we, because we, so we live like we are never going to die, I, I, you know, here. And so it's like, you know, like, it, I, I, what was I reading? Um, 
Tuesdays with Maury, you know, which is an amazing, amazing book uh, about this man who's dying. And um, there's a part where he talks about, you know, we, so many of us live like we're never going to die because if we thought we were going to die, we would live better and death wouldn't be such a scary thing. Um, and I, and so, you know, doing this work that I'm able to do, I'm able to have these conversations and talk to people and kind of get rid of that fear. Um, and it really opens them up. Like you see people changing and having these conversations now with loved ones and um, which is strange because, you know, like, especially in um, like at, in um, black families, we, we really don't talk about it, but, we also celebrate uh, that home going. And so it's like, yeah, we can celebrate that, but we should have been talking about this <laughs> up until this point, because we could have been better, we would have been better prepared um, for this moment. Um, and so, and, and it happens, um, but yeah, I, 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 so my, a part of my job is I, I love to have these conversations with people. And, and um, I was just telling a friend yesterday, like there's no conversation I can't bring back around to death. Like we, we can start talking about poetry and television and somehow I'm gonna bring that back around. And then 25 minutes in, everyone's gonna be like, oh, are we, are we talking about death? It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a thing. It's. Um, but if if we could uh, just get rid of somehow lessen those fears for people, um, I think it would really change a lot. You know, you go to other other countries and other cultures. Uh, you know, like in talking about Mexico and, and Latin America. You know, you have Day of the Dead where there's a whole celebration. You know, and um, it's you know it's yeah. If we could just figure out how to do it where it's not so scary. Yeah. That, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it is fear, right? People are oh, yeah. so terrified of even broaching this subject. I know so many, you know, friends of mine who are, you know, we're in our fifties now. It's and we have parents who are toward, you know, at that end stage of life, and they're I they don't know what their parents' wishes are. They don't know like the just yeah. some of the legality things like wills and inheritance mm -hmm. and like they don't they have they're so ill prepared for the logistics yeah. of if their parent becomes ill or when they die they don't know if they want to be resuscitated or if if they're on a you know life support machine or you know all that you may have to make those decisions and so often because people are so scared to have these conversations they're not and then i see friends of mine Boy, what do I do now? A catastrophe has occurred. My parent is in the hospital or needs to go into an assisted living kind of place and they're completely lost. And it's, it's really stressful. It's stressful. And I, you know, sadly, um, I've had a, a, a few friends recently who lost a parent and not, not suddenly either. It, it's been a process. Like it's been, you know, a, a couple of years, the parent has been sick and then they died. And then, you know, they weren't prepared for the death still. And it's like, you had time. Yeah. Um, whereas me, like I have a son, my son's 18. My mom, um, uh, I talk to him about it all the time. I'm like, listen, if I, if I should die before you, and hopefully I do, then um, this is what I need to happen because right. I know that you can make this happen. My mom has always had those conversations with me. Like I know Exactly. I know everything she wants to happen in any situation should it happen. If she gets in a car accident and she's on a machine, what to right. do? Right. 
right? If, uh, if she dies, where to bury her? Where's the where are the life insurance policies? Where's the will? Where you know where are these things? Um, and she's and she's alive and well and healthy and you know very active, um, just as I am. But I I know because you know what happens is we all we have all seen someone die, and we've seen the chaos that happens after. And we, yeah. we all say, oh, this is a shame. Family should never fight. And this this shouldn't happen. And I wish we knew what they wanted. Yeah. And But then we don't do that for ourselves and for the people that we leave behind. Yes. And so it's it's a, it's such a strange thing. And it's like, well, now that we've seen it, maybe we could do better. We know better. We should do better. And, right. we, and we still don't. Um, and again, it all comes back to that, uh, to that fear. Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, did I, I don't, I don't know what's over there. And, you know, I, and, and also we just think we have time, you know, like it's the, we think we have time part. And me, I'm, I remind my friends all the time that they're going to die. I'll, I'll just send a text and say, don't forget, you're going to die. <laughs> and, and they're like, why do you keep sending this? And you know, but there was this, it's funny, but there was this, uh, this study done a few years ago, or maybe a long time ago, probably, but I think I read about it maybe six or seven years ago that said, uh, you know, if you're reminded of your death throughout the day, at least five times a day, you live a better life. Mm. And there was an app that someone created, I wish I knew the name, and I don't even know if it still exists, but there was an app you can download and five times a day, it would send you a quote, um, you know, uh, just a message or any something that had to do with death to remind you that you one day right. uh, you're going to die. Yeah. So now I do that for my friends. And I'm like, hey, you know what? You're going to die. And <laughs> they love that. <laughs> okay. they, they're used to it by now. And it's and some of them are like, wow, you know what? This is this actually really helped me because now, OK, you know, I do. I should quit that job that I hate and actually go after what I want. I should tell this person I love them, you know, because it's like, you know, there was the hospice nurse who um, wrote the article about, you know, the, the most of her patients all had like the same five regrets. Yeah. And I can't remember them all at the moment, but, you know, one was like, uh, I wish I had told the people I love that I love them. I wish I had worked less uh, on things I didn't love and went after my dreams, you know, and it's like, why aren't we doing that? I don't. So I live my life because I don't want to end up with those regrets, maybe a whole different set of regrets, but definitely not those. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember that article. And it was like, yeah, um, I spent too much time working. I didn't I didn't spend enough time with my loved ones or doing the things that I enjoy. Or I thought that, you know, I don't know if this was in there, but I think about this one. Like people keep saying, well, when I retire, then I'll have time to enjoy my life. But unfortunately, by the time you're that age and now the retirement age is creeping up to 70, you might not be in physical health to be able to go do yeah. all those things you wanted to. And so why not? Yeah, why not do them now? Do them now. Perspective, you know? Exactly. exactly. And uh, I'm just trying to push, push people toward that. I have a friend who... Um, he lives in New Orleans and he's a part of uh, the Skull and Bones gang, I think is what they're called. And on the first day of Mardi Gras, they get dressed up in these uh, homemade uh, makeshift costumes of Skull and Bones and they go out into the city and the city usually expects them, but you don't know where they're going to go. They may show up in your house. 
and you may be sleep at five o'clock in the morning. You you just see someone in the corner of your room, and they just they just point to you and say, "You're next." And you know, and it's like the scary thing, but it's also like, huh? Maybe that's maybe that's what we need. You know, people need to hear that thing. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, you know what? I may be because uh, I, I was telling a friend recently that I remember being a kid. And my grandmother, all my grandmother's friends were dying. It was like every other week she was at a funeral and it made sense to me. It was just, oh, well, this is the age when people die. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And then after these people die, then it'll be my parents and then it'll be me and then my kid, whatever. And now it seems like I've had more friends die than my parents have, you know? And I'm like, there is no order to any of this. And so I'm telling my people all the time, like, you know, there's really no time. Like you may die today. So yeah. let's get on the ball. Like at least have some things in order, at least have something written down where we don't have to guess. Uh, we don't have to, you know, search through a million things. There are people who know. Um, I have these conversations with all my friends. So if one person says, well, I think he would have liked this. There are 25 people to say no, because he told us right. this thing, you know, like, uh, and whatever that is, if you want to be a tree, go be planted with the tree, whatever that is. Um, right. but I think we really need to start having those conversations and um, and realize that we just don't have, have the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a word that I wanted to also look at a little bit is funeral. Um, mm -hmm. I think about funerals again here in America and maybe some other places that are so dark and sad and everyone's in black and there's crying and just all this upset and 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 I don't and, and I know it isn't it doesn't have to be that way I mean and, and more and more we are seeing things called celebration of life right which is taking maybe a different perspective on it but you mentioned day of the dead and I know in many other cultures around the world it is in fact a big celebration like there's an there's excitement and there's music and dancing and food and and we're celebrating the fact that our loved one is going to go be with the ancestors or the gods or whatever the belief system, you know, may be. And it's really a much more positive experience. I feel like mm -hmm. here it's so heavy and bleak. Like, last <laughs> I want to do is yes. you know? like, I don't want to go to that. No, exactly. And that, and there's, and and it would be beautiful. Like, um, you know, I talked, and and the crazy part about that is that. All my friends that I've that I've grown up with and I've talked to and everything, and their parents and everyone, probably everyone, say that this is what they want. They want this celebration. They want this these colors and let's wear this and wear this. But then it, they die and it and it's like what happened? You mm -hmm. know, you know. We know that's what the you know what happened, and then we get this very dark thing. And I don't know how it gets lost in translation. Um, or what, but I think there's something to fighting against it. You know, like if you want something exciting, have that, uh, you know, maybe we plan our own funeral. Mm -hmm. It's like, here, here's, here's what I, I think when I was about, I, I remember being in college, I had a journal and it was the first time I wrote down like funeral plans. I don't even know why. I think I was sitting in my, in my bunk bed one night in my dorm and I was just like, what if I die tonight? And I just grabbed my journal and wrote down, like, this is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And then and since then, every year I update that. And I'm like, this is how I want it to be. You yeah. know, I don't want, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be dark. I want, you know, if, if it needs to be at a bar, have it at the bar. If, if you want to go outside to a park, have it at the park. Yeah. 
whatever that is. But it, you're right; it's always so dark, and even not even just the funeral. Um, like I'm a huge, I want to say fan, not a fan, but fan of like great obituaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think there are some that are so good. Yeah. Uh, but then there are some that are like you know, Darnell was born here, died here. Yeah, he did these two things and that was and now he's gone and I'm like what this person had a life like yeah. there was life here and if we're going to celebrate a life I think this is a the first thing this is one of the first things we see like this announcement of their death mm-hmm. and for those who didn't know this person like the ones you read and you know sadly it's always a celebrity but every once in a while there's someone we don't know and you pick up the obituary and it's like a page long of, you know, Beth in Iowa. And it's this amazing story. And for those who didn't know her, it's like, wow, we really lost a great person. Yeah. Um, and so Matt, like I, a couple of years ago, I started a project where I had friends send me like their parents. So like whoever, I was like, you know, if you had someone that you loved and, you know, you don't think they had like a great obituary, send it to me. I, I would love to read it and I'll redo it and you just tell me about their life. And so I did about five of them. And just to see like the these, these people who knew these folks read the obituary that I wrote. And it, you know, it's like a page, two pages about their life. And they're like, wow, they, they really did it. And it's just like, yeah, they, they had a whole life that didn't include you or these people they left behind or these people that died before them. Uh, these are the things that we could celebrate about them. Yeah, you know, but I think maybe that plays into why the funerals are so dark. It's like, uh, well, they lived and they died. Let's just have this quick thing and go to the graveside and be done with it and be done with it. And then it's like, that's so sad. I don't, want, you know, yeah. I don't want that. And and it's funny that was where I was going to go next was to the grave to the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, because I was that weird kid who actually was fascinated with graveyards, and I loved walking. I loved and traveling too, traveling to like a different country or a place that I've never been, and like walking through the the graveyard and just seeing like what does it say on the on the tombstones and like the idea of encapsulating someone's life in like one phrase or one oh you know couple words it's like wow yeah. it's it's crazy you know it's funny i listen to um there's a podcast i listen to uh smartless um with like jason bateman will arnett and uh sean hayes and it's it's hilarious it's a funny yeah, podcast. very funny i've, I've listened to it too oh yeah, yeah. it's very funny <laughs> there's an episode where they talk about someone's tombstone I think Will was at a in a graveyard or someone was in a graveyard but there was a tombstone of a guy who died in like one of the wars of like the 1800s you know and his tombstone reads he was handsome and brave and he's like he's like that's what I want he was like I want he's like what handsome and brave like you put this on a tombstone and then I it had me thinking like Yes, if I can only get a few words on there, I want some words that are, that are going to make people say, what is going on? What? what?" <laughs> you know, um, but it's like, you know, like at least do something like do something that reflects who you are. Yeah. Um, I don't want it, you know, me, I don't need a tombstone at all. I can you can put me 
directly into the ground over top yeah. of some fruit trees and yep. let it grow. I always tell my friends, like, put me under a peach tree. And then yep. every time you eat a peach and the juice just runs down your arm, just, just oh, that's Darnell. Yeah, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. I <laughs> agree. I'm not, I mean, you know, I have the mentality, we came from Earth, let's go back to Earth. What do I need a go box between me and the Earth? Like, uh, wow. Exactly. But like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We've just, the whole industry, we could go off on a whole tangent on the whole funeral industry. Oh my gosh, that. that's a whole nother episode. That's a like, whole nother episode. Um, but the epitaph thing, I want to do come back to that because I did hear an interesting thing once from one of my mentors, Dr. Dane here, who said, write your own epitaph, like the way you would want it and then live your life in accordance to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I agree hundred percent. Like um, I teach writing. Uh, I teach a writing class uh, every so often, and one of the one of the assignments sometimes is that's that's sometimes one of the first things I do. I have like the students write that out, mm -hmm. and and it scares them at first. They're like, "I what? I don't know if I want to write that." I'm like, "Just do it and see what you come up with." And they write it, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Mm -hmm. And it really helps them <laughs> say, "I'm not living the either. I'm not living the life I want to live, or I am." Yeah. And this is this is the direction I, I really need to go. Like it really, it helps in so many ways. Yes. Um, and so, yes, write, write the life you want and, um, and, and follow that. And it really ties back to what you said earlier about like the reminder five times a day about you're going to die is like mm -hmm. really to, it, I see that as a way to shift your perspective because we tend to get very caught up in the small stuff and a lot of minutia of day-to-day -day life and we let it spin us out and make us crazy. But if, but is that the way you wanna be living your life? Do you wanna be tripping on every stupid little thing and you know, raising your blood pressure, sitting in traffic, you know, which will make your life shorter, probably. Shorten it greatly. <laughs> right? Versus yeah. like, yeah, like the, the spirit of how do I, how would I like my epitaph to read? And can I live in, in congruence with, with that, that energy? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a great, like my, my grandfather was dying and um, like I was there with him and, you know, we were, we were, we were so much alike. And uh, he, he just looks up and he's like, you know, me and you are the only, we're the smartest ones in the family. You know that, right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and he's like, I need you to write the eulogy. I need you to write the eulogy. I need you to write the obituary. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could, I, absolutely. And he was a part of that. Like, he was like, make sure you, you mention this and say this. And it was so good to, for him to be a part of that. Uh, and I saw what it meant for him to do that. You know, like, I wish he was able to write it sooner. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad he, he had the chance to be a part of what was said about him. And, um, you know, like, and I, I really want that for everyone. Like, you know, if, and if you can do it, you know, even like the newspapers, when the celebrities died, they write these things 20 years before this person dies, mm -hmm. sometimes even longer than that. I think, uh, you know, there was one, oh gosh, I, I mentioned it, but now I can't remember who it was, but there was one, um, Amelia Earhart, maybe someone, but they wrote her obituary. I mean, like years before um the death because they was like they might not make it you know and it's like huh maybe and so when it when it happens it's just a quick update like oh yeah and then they did these other 25 things and then let's go ahead and publish um and so you know that's how if that's how it could be done go for it like write what's happened up until now mm -hmm. and then 
every year it's like, oh, you won the Nobel Prize, add that in there or whatever this thing is. If you want to mention your kids, go ahead and mention them um, and just do it. So I want to come back to something we referenced before about the fear of death. And when I think about or talk to clients about what they're afraid of, a lot of it is the fear of the unknown because they don't necessarily know what comes next. Um, they don't know what happens after we die and they're fearful of what that might mean. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, to hear your take on this. I'm at the point now where I don't have that fear of death anymore because I've realized that I'm actually kind of psychic and a medium. And I've learned like, I've been aware of spirits my whole life and I've now gotten training so that I know how to communicate with spirits and different things. So I know I don't have a fear like when my mom was very long death process and all that I had no fear around it and I would tell her I'm like mom it's fine you're just going to change forms and then you'll we'll still be able to talk you'll still be there we'll still have a relationship so I didn't it took away that childhood fear I had always had of oh my god my mom's gonna die and I just wonder if you can comment on that because I'm sure you've experienced some things oh um you know, I, I'm very much in the same boat as you. I, I've had, <clears throat> since I was a kid, I've had these interactions with these spirits. And um, like, it's so good to hear you <laughs> you say it because I never know in the interview. I'm like, yeah, I'll leave that part out. But um, it's great that it, you, know, you opened the door. Um, but yeah, it's since I was a kid, um, there was this, there was always this interaction. Like I've never had a fear of death. I, um, and it, it was a hindsight thing. Like I remember being in college and seeing and having this, this sort of interact. I woke up early one morning and there was this uh this person in the spirit in my room. And uh, you know, having that moment, then I thought back and I'm like, this has been happening for a long time. And I remember being uh maybe eight or nine may, maybe around the time when my grandmother's sister died when i realized that death was was easy for me um i would wake up and there was a woman that would sit on the foot of my bed and pull my covers off you know and i'm like no oh. and then time goes on and i realized that oh i i'm able to communicate with these uh these spirits and i know that this isn't the end i know that you know Maybe when I come back, I, I think, you know, if they are alive, if we get so many lives, I think this is it for me, but I'm going to come back and I'll be a tree and you can come and talk to me as this tree or this plant or whatever this is. And uh, so it's never, it's never scared me. Like death has never been a thing that, that I've feared. Um, there have been times, like when the thought has come to me, it's been, uh, oh, what if I die tonight? what a great adventure. Like even now when people, when I hear about people die, even people very close to me, my grandmother uh, was probably the closest person to me, um, uh, like very deep relationship. And she died in 2011. And it was, it was never a sad occasion. Like, and thankfully me and her always had these conversations about death too. Like I knew that um, we would always talk about if she ever ended up in a certain, you know, she was diabetic and um, she's like, if this ever happens to me, just, just let me go, you know, and I was able to be there and, and give her permission to, to die. Like the day she died, I was the last person in there. And I, you know, I say, you know, if, if you want to go, I think everyone's going to be okay. You, you should just go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a few minutes later, that was it. And, um, but I, I've always believed that there is something better. Like there's this adventure. So when I hear about people dying, my first thought is, wow, 
good for them, <laughs> you know, but I, I can never say that out loud because the people that are telling me like my, you know, my uh, one of my very close friends, one of my fraternity brothers, uh, his dad died a couple of days ago um, and I land and I get the news and um, but he knows me well enough where I can say these things. And so it's like, wow, good for them. Good for him. He's what a great adventure he's going to. And we know the relationship isn't gone. We know that you know, you still, you're just here in another way and we can still communicate in another way. Um, I've had situations where my, um, like I do a lot with plant medicines as well. And I had a situation where my friend's uh, father came to me and asked me to hug his son. He's like, could you please just hug my son for me? And I was like, I don't know who your son is. And he's like, it's Jonathan. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I should hug Jonathan, you know? And <laughs> like, there are ways that, these yeah. spirits communicate um yeah. and leaning leaning more into that you know like you you were saying you know you went and fig and found ways to really hone in on that and and um and to train um on the medium side uh like i'm really leaning into it now like i i wasn't really it was just oh these things have happened to me and cool that's fine i'll do these things that these people ask me to do um and then I had a conversation with a friend like uh, at a place that I teach in California. And, uh, and that friend said, oh, you should go talk to uh, Sheena. And, and she she's a medium. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know why I would talk to Sheena. And I'm talking to her. She's like, oh, you're a medium too. And I'm like, no, I just, am I? And, you know, it's like, oh, okay. And, and then, and at this time, I'm already calling myself a death doula. And so then it's like, oh, all of these <laughs> things just go in hand in hand maybe you know and you realize that it's all just in there and yeah. uh and I'm, I'm always learning like I, I love learning and I'm always um open to hearing more and and sharing these stories because there are so many people out there who are doing this and yeah. and have been doing it and just don't know what to do you know like me it was just like oh, okay yeah I mean this this person who's been dead for 30 years came to me and asked me to hug his son. Yeah. Uh, that's just a thing that happened. And they're like, no, that doesn't happen to everyone. This, this is, you know, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I should look into this. Um, so well, I really see it. I think it is bundled together because I see it as the continuation, just like we talked about with birth doulas. It's, it's about preparing to bring a baby into the world and bringing it into the world and then the after. But like, I see easily this piece of it as part of the transition as well. If you have the capacity to perceive someone's loved one once they have left their body, mm -hmm. I will say as a, someone who does this work, what a gift that can be for the person still alive in a body to know that their loved one is okay, to yes. get a message like, you don't have to worry about me, I'm good. I'm happier than I've ever been. I mean, um, <laughs> Yes. I'll tell you a funny story. I was sitting in Star Wars a couple of years ago. I don't remember the name of the episode. The what? The last one Princess Leia was in, right? Mm -hmm. And it was released right after Carrie Fisher had died. And I'm sitting in the movie theater and I can sense Carrie Fisher's presence. And she goes, and the, she was so funny because they have a sense of humor and people don't realize this. Yeah. You know, she goes, damn, I was good, wasn't I? And I'm like, <laughs> and she goes, and I go, how's it being dead? You know, because I have a sense of humor. How's it being dead? She goes, way better than any of those drugs ever were. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Right on, you know? right on. 
And so if you can share a message, it can be lighthearted. It can be, you know, and sometimes it shows up in therapy. I'm a therapist. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm in a session with someone and I can sense the presence of a loved one. And I have facilitated mediated sessions like family therapy or couples therapy, where the spirit is still holding on to, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I wasn't there for you, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. And I'm able to facilitate a conversation that brings peace to both parties because sometimes those spirits are hanging around because they're still feeling bad about what happened mm -hmm. when they were alive and they want to make peace so they can move on to whatever's next. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like that's happened more times than not uh, for me um, when they've come. It's uh, like even there was a time when uh, my my one of my favorite cousins, her father, who was never really there for her growing up, came to me and he's not even dead. He he has dementia <laughs> and I'm literally sitting in my living room and he just comes and says, this is everything I need you to tell her. And I'm like, are you dead? And he's, he says, no, I'm just, but I have one foot in and one foot out. Yes. And I'm like, okay. And mm -hmm. I, I call her the next day and she's like, you know, that's crazy. She says, because I haven't, I haven't heard from, he's in a um, nursing home. And she's like, I haven't heard from the nursing home in months about him. She's like, but they called me this morning to tell me that for the first time in a long time, he's having a really good day. And I'm like, yeah, because I was able to get, I think because I got this message. To yeah. you. And she's like, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, and it's like balanced. Like I know who I can say these things to. Like I've been in situations where I've been in a hospital and this thing comes to me and, and tells me to go to this family. I don't even know to yeah. tell them that everything is going to be okay. Um, because you know that death is not the end. And I'm and I have to walk out of the hospital because I'm like, I can't tell these people that no, I've there's had no that. way, you yeah. know, like yeah. And I'm like, I can't. And I literally walk out and I feel guilty because I'm like, I should have said it, but then I'm like, no, I can't say that to those people. I don't know them. And um, so it, you know, so it's like this balance. Um, but realizing that uh that I, a lot of a large part of what I do is like just to um be a part of be a part of that process for those I can say it to and usher out like this this lost light you know like a lot of people are just lost and yeah, trying yeah. to make it to this to the end and out of this place and into whatever this next place is and however I can do it you know and that's a part of it and I'm and I'm leaning more into that being a part of it um, yeah and so now when I get calls uh from a lot of folks now because the articles come out and um, it's like, you know, I'll get calls from now, even friends and, uh, strangers. And it's like, well, I would love to talk to you. And I have to say, well, yeah, I, but I also don't really stick to this, <laughs> you know, like what you think may be very traditional. Yeah. So we could, maybe we can have a conversation about that as well. Um, and yeah, and, and more people are, and I, I think when people get to this, to the end, they are very open to that. Like even people who were never open to that, and you know, like very religious people who are like, you know, spirits and all, yeah, never. Mm -hmm. um, when we get to the end, you, you open yourself up to a lot more. It's like, okay, yes. yeah, just give me whatever you got. And, and it's like, oh, all right, well, let's talk about it. And you, and you right. see that it's open and and accept it and the fear kind of just goes yes. and it's like yeah because you were holding on to this one idea for so long mm -hmm. and it didn't have to be that way and I'm glad I was here to help you and now we can get rid of that and now you can go peacefully and know that everything is going to be okay you know Maya Angelou has a 
an amazing, I don't know if you've seen it, but if, if you get a chance, check, go to YouTube and just check out like Maya Angelou, Love Liberates. And mm. she talks about how she was there for her mom. It's like five minutes, um, but she talks about how she was there for her mom at the end of her life um, and how these people need permission to go. Uh, and how, you know, this the love that we're able to offer them liberates them yeah. to, to, to go and how it also liberates us in the end. Well, and, and what a gift that is for folks. And, you know, they, many people will talk about this as well, is that oftentimes the loved ones, the spirits of loved ones who have already passed are there. And as the person is kind of in between worlds, they're seeing, you know, I know my mom was seeing her parents. Mm -hmm. Her parents came and talked to me and said, she's going to be all right. We're going to take care of her, you know, like to know that you're being not only you know, given a warm goodbye from the people still alive, you're going to get a warm welcome in the next realm. Like to, when people have that experience, which I think many people dying do, yeah. um, it really, it just, yeah, it melts away that fear. And um, it's yeah. A what, beautiful thing, you know, like yeah. just thinking about that, like even my, my cousin who I was there for when I was 12 uh, and me and my grandmother and, um, I mean, years passed. That was 1994, 2015, months before, like a few months before I heard the term death doula, uh, I did an ayahuasca ceremony. And I remember, and I hadn't thought about that cousin in a long time, but there was this moment where he came to me and says, I, I never got the chance to thank you for being one of the only people I felt loved me in the end. And yeah. I just need to say thank you. And I'm laying there just, I mean, in tears, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and it's, it's heavy, yeah. <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah. but it, but, but how beautiful, you know, it's like, I, for me, I didn't know that that moment meant anything, right. you know, at 12 years old, it was just, you know, we're just here watching Price is Right and, you know, bold and the beautiful or whatever. And, um, cool, <laughs> you know, good. I'm glad that meant something. Yeah. It does. Um, I, before we wrap it up, I do want to hit one last subject because you mentioned it a couple of times and I'm familiar with this as well, is the idea of using plant medicines for folks at end of life. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, like using um, like ayahuasca uh, is one um, uh, mushroom, psilocybin is another. Like I, there are so many uh, benefits from it. One, like just the healing that can happen um, when using them, um, but also getting rid of that fear. Uh, you know, having these uh, outer uh, sort of out of body um, experiences in a lot of in a lot of uh, times. Um, having you know, you were saying like, I think for most of us, and I believe that someone always comes back to get us in the end. Uh, no matter how we die, even if it's sudden, I think that there's this moment where it's like, I'm coming to bring you to where we're going, where you're going next. Um, yeah. But I, I, these plant medicines can help um, help us help bring those uh, those spirits sometimes uh, even sooner uh, to come and comfort us and talk to us. Um, it helps, you know, get rid of the ego a lot of times and get rid of those things that we've been holding on to. And, and we realize that we, we can let these things go. We can liberate ourselves to life. Um, but it really helps put us like, put us in a place of comfort. Um, and um, a lot of times to realize what, what is important to us. Um, 
and 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 it's different for everyone but i but but the diff, the the common thing is that it's it's a beautiful thing that we'll all experience if we do it um the experience we have when done properly uh would be a beautiful thing for anyone in the in, at any point in their life, but especially in the end, uh, especially for those holding on, <clears throat> you know, and uh, and fighting, and it's like, oh, you know, fine, <laughs> you know, like ah, like I, there was a moment where um, I had a had a mushroom ceremony, and death came, and and it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had, which, and at that point, I, I wasn't afraid of dying or death at all, but then it became, ah, right on. That, that's a reason to not be afraid. And, and you know, I can share that with other people um, when they ask, you know, what do you think's waiting on the other side? Like, I don't know for sure what's waiting for you, but this is what I've seen. Yeah. And I hope it's as beautiful for you as it was for me. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's so many ways, um, to go about it. Um, so many countries you can go to and do it legally. Um, and with people who really respect the plants and respect the, um, respect the ceremonies, respect the process. Um, you know, I, I advocate for it often. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, it is. It has been used. Plant medicines have been used for thousands and thousands of years around the world. And it's amazing to me that we're in this time of resurgence. There's a, the scientific community mm -hmm. is really backing and finding that these medicines, you know, they've done studies uh, on end of life using psilocybin, for example, mm -hmm. you know, to assist with end of life um, or terminal illness, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And yeah. um, really finding positive benefits and people, like you said, creating healing. Uh, I would think mm -hmm. it would benefit, you know, the loved ones of folks who are dying as well um, to help them see their shift the perspective, gain some insight, alleviate fear, heal maybe some wounds that are still there with that person. That's the one thing I always tell my clients is like, you know, if you have an aging parent or somebody, you know, who's dying, make peace now, like don't wait until after you don't want to have the regrets later. If you can yeah. find a way to make peace with them or within yourself now, it's going to make it so much better for you. Yes. And, you know, it goes back to the, we, we, we have to operate in a way, in a belief that we just don't have time. It's like, oh, I'll, I, I will do that tomorrow. Right. You know, yeah. like even my, my, my brother who, my fraternity brother who just lost his dad a few days ago, um, they, you know, fortunately there, there was no bad blood. There was a very loving relationship. Um, but they got the call, um, one day that he may have a week left to live. And, uh, so he, so he, you know, my brother, he's like, okay, I'll come tomorrow. And on his way there, he gets the call that he died mm -hmm. and it's, you know, and, and so I'm talking to him and I'm like, that could have been so much worse. Like, you know, there are people who would have gotten that call because they were on the way to say all the things they wish they had said. Mm -hmm. you know, they, they were going to make up for all the, you know, or forgive them for this. And they got the call that they don't have time to do it. Um, and it's like, I'm glad you, that that wasn't your story. Uh, but you know, tell other people that this is what happened to you. So maybe they can fix those relationships that they have, um, or forgive those or forgive themselves, uh, because we don't have time. 
This has been such a rich conversation. I've really loved all the different topics we've explored and you really are such a gift to oh, the people. How are you? Thank you so much for all you do. Yeah, thank you. Um, Darnell, if people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm at darnellwalker.com um, and all across social media. Uh, I'm at hello.darnell or hello darnell at Instagram and, and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I'm everywhere. I, I write for kids. I, I never know. Uh, I write for kids TV. So if you're if you have kids in your life or even adults, like I think the shows that I write are great for adults as well who held on to their imagination. Um, so check those out. Uh, you can find me on Google and and um, find anything you need to need to know. And I hope, you know, for those of you that tuned in today and made it here till the end, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. And then maybe, you know, like if, if, in, if nothing else, opening up to the possibility, perhaps that death doesn't have to be this terrible, frightening, dark, somber kind of thing, that it really can be beautiful and it can be a celebration. And if we just open ourselves up to seeing it differently, the way you and I've been talk talking about it today, um, mm -hmm. you know, what, what change might that create in the world around this process? I, I, I couldn't have said it any better than that. I think it's it's a beautiful thing uh, once we realize how how much of an adventure and how beautiful death can be. Um, and <clears throat> especially if we are open to having those conversations and talking about it. And so talk about it. Just have the smallest conversation and see what happens um, with anyone. Yeah. Thank you so much, Darnell, for being on the show today. Um, thanks everyone who's tuned in. If you like this episode, please do share, comment, rate, subscribe, do all the things so that this information can get out there in the world in the hands of more people. Um, thanks again, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.